Praise God, praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. This is the day that the Lord has made, and yes, we shall rejoice and be oh so glad in it. Amen, amen. Praise God. hope you've come here today expecting to hear from God and expecting a miracle, expecting a blessing, blessing, expecting to hear something that will really touch your heart and your soul to bring you to new places in life, to give you some glorious hope to let you know that God is indeed in charge, and he's very much in charge of your life. Amen. Amen. So, but before we get to today's message, let's uh, always start by praising God. Amen. So wherever you are, why don't we just listen to this song and just uh, raise our hands and praise him openly and unabashedly and unashamedly and just let him know how much you love him and realize that all the glory and all of the honor belongs to our precious Lord God in the name of Jesus. Amen. So why don't we listen to this wonderful classic called All Honor by Ron Cannoli. Praise God. Oh, let's just enjoy the presence of the Lord right now. Oh, we love you, Lord. We bless you, Lord.
Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. God sure is good. Amen. Amen. All of the honor belongs to you. All of it. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you, Lord God. We thank you so much for this wonderful, precious day of life, oh Lord God. We thank you for all things, both great and small, all of those things that we take also for granted, oh Lord. We thank you for watching over us during these trying times, oh Lord God, to give us strength in knowing that you are there by our sides through all of the turmoil that would be around us, O oh Lord God. We know in the name of Jesus that you are speaking to the church. You are speaking to all of us, your precious children, O oh Lord God. So we pray today that you will open our eyes and hearts and ears that we may see and hear and understand your words today, O oh Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit just touch us in your own special way, O oh Lord, because Heavenly Father, only you know the needs, the desires, the challenges, the good things, the bad things in our lives, O oh Lord God. So speak to us in your own special way, O Lord God. Anoint us. Let your Holy Spirit reveal wondrous new things unto us, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, and I pray that every single person listening to my voice and the range of my voice will be touched by your Holy Spirit today, O Lord God. Speak to us in your own special way. Lord, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will, for your honor and your glory and your praise. And all together the church said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Praise God, praise God. Who's happy to be alive in the house of the Lord today? Praise God, I pray that there's a whole bunch of hands being raised there, that you should be happy to be in the house of the Lord, because while we are not in a physical church building, we are right now going to church as you're listening to this message. And so... uh you're on holy ground and let your house, your room, wherever you are listening, if you're driving in your car, listening to this, know that Holy Spirit is there with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. Praise God. We've been, um, we've been in the midst of some very challenging weeks and, uh, I think there'll probably be more weeks to come, challenging weeks to come as long as Jesus tarries and as long as we continue to wait for him to return. But know that still, as I keep saying, God is indeed in charge. We saw a uh, this past week filled with violence, you know, and as we continue to pray for peace and, and know that God's will will be done in the current affairs of today also, you know. Don't think that these things are just so unique and so different that God doesn't know what's going on because he does. And just have faith that he'll bring us to where he wants us to be, you know. Um, and moving forward, you know, be it known that, I never intend for sermons uh to get political. You know, I, I really I really do do not want to get that 
you know, go in that direction. But it's hard to think of, it's hard to experience the things that are going on in today's current events without realizing the obvious links to the Word of God, okay? Because whether or not we want to admit it, God's Word is woven into our daily lives and actions, okay? So what I'm saying here is that while we're not getting political and, and trying to bring this in that direction, we have to clearly see that what is going on around us, if you are astute enough and you're hearing what Holy Spirit is saying to you, you see that there are connections with what is going on today to what the Word of God speaks about very, very vividly, you know? Um, I uh, I heard a commentator state the other day that, uh, that if certain changes are made uh, in our countries, in our country, that we stand a better chance of creating that utopia, utopia, he said, that we all want, you know. But the question that came to my mind when I heard him say that, you know, but, but whose utopia, you know, whose utopia are we going to be creating? You know, by what standard would be used to determine whether or not we have a utopia, you know, or one can be developed? You know, you know, who, who, who's utopia? You know, one commentator referred to the, uh, to the Beatles, uh, song, you know, by, uh, by John Lennon. John Lennon, some of you may remember it. The name of the song was Imagine. Okay. The song was released in 1971. That was in, in the midst of the, uh, uh, of the Vietnam War, you know, and it was written as a, as a call for peace, you know, and the song urged people around the world to live in unity. You know, similar to, to today, what we're hearing. You know, we are in a war. We're in a spiritual war, of course. But this particular song was, was aimed at bringing people together. But, you know, I mean, I'm talking about, I started off by saying here that if we develop a utopia, by whose standard would it be? You know, what would be the standard for that? So John Lennon's idea of a perfect world, you know, was, was uh, incorporated into that song that was called Imagine. And um, I, I just have some of the lyrics here. I'm not going to re- read the entire song. But, but his idea of utopia and the lyrics are, Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion. And no religion to imagine all the people living life in peace. Okay, and it goes on and on. But basically, what he's saying, his idea of utopia is that there is no heaven, you, you, you know, um, uh, there's no religion, you know. So without that, he's saying in his mind, uh, an idea of utopia would be no heaven and no religion, and therefore, obviously, um, you know, n- no God to be worrying about. Okay, now understand that I'm not casting aspersions on John Lennon, you know, nor am I calling him a bad person, you know. But this was his view of a perfect place, you know. Now, lately, we've heard those that say we need to reimagine, you know, interesting, the name of his song was Imagine. Lately, you know, one of the buzzwords along with um, New Normal is that we need to reimagine various aspects of our society, you know, as we as we uh, strive to create, you know, this this utopia or this perfect um, society. Okay, there's much conversation about building a perfect society without rules and laws, you know. Talk about if we did away with no laws, no court systems, no jails and everything, we could get to building this perfect utopia, this perfect society. But by whose measure, you know, by whose measure, you know, to put it simply, saints of God, to put it simply, man cannot build a perfect society, simply can't. Man cannot build a perfect society. 
You cannot build a utopia. Okay? It's been tried many times, many times before. You know? One of the first evidences we see of that is in the Bible. Okay? And as usual, we have to go to the Word of God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. And we want to start with verse number 1. Genesis 11, verse number 1. And I'm sure you know the events here. This is after the flood. And the whole, the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, unless we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So please underline that, okay? The Lord, the verse number six, the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. They're on one accord. They're in agreement. And they have all one language. They can communicate back and forth. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So you see, so here, this group of people came together. They were all on one accord. They were all in one direction to achieve a certain goal. You know, and God is saying, and now that they are are going about to do this, and they are on one accord, the, uh, the word of God there says that now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined, which they have imagined, imagined to do. Okay, so here we see man in his in his in his imagination or his desire to do something different. You know, once they get on one accord to do something, that there's a good possibility that it could get done. But the bottom line, though, is it a good thing that they are? all on one accord and imagining to do, okay? Now, you know, this is the Tower of Babel, Babel we're talking about here, and most of us listening to this, you know, you, you, know, you know the outcome of this, but at this, uh, of this, this, uh, this effort, excuse me, of this attempt and this effort to, to, to do this new thing, they were all on one accord, God recognized, but what they were all on one accord to do was not a good thing, okay? And we see this today. Many people are all on one accord to accomplish a goal, but are all of the goals that they are attempting to accomplish, is it a good thing? Okay? Again, this is man again that is, is, is imagining and reasoning that this is a direction that we all should be going into. Okay? They're all on one accord. Verse number seven says, Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence and upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. So they stopped building the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Okay, that's the Tower of Babel. Okay, and that's where we get the word babbling from. Okay, so here we see now these people, they were all on one accord. God said, let us go down. We have to confound them. We have to stop them because the thing that they are all on one accord to do, this is not a good thing. They were striving actually to reach up to heaven. This was not them praying to God and, and asking God to come closer to them and, and asking God to minister to them. They wanted through their own efforts, through the works 
absent God through the works to build this tower into heaven. Okay, so we see that there was one attempt, one early, early attempt, you know, to build this, uh, the, the, this society, this civilization that would indeed reach up to heaven. Okay, okay. Now, you know, we not not only is this account there, we know that ancient Egypt was an astonishing civilization. You know, it excelled in math and built the pyramids and so on. We had the Roman and the Greek empires. Okay, they thought they were the epitome, you know, the ultimate of what a civilization could be. You know, and we know what happened with them. Okay, they fell. Both civilizations fell. Okay, and one of the things that they had in common was that they did not know the one true God of Israel. They did not know the one true God of the universe. You know, as we know from 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 history and everything, and and is in written in the Word of God. You know, the Romans and the Greeks they had a pantheon. They had a huge assortment of gods that they worshipped. Okay, okay, but they did not believe in the one true God. Right. So, but to get back to the point, man couldn't build a utopia, a perfect society back then, and man can't build it today without God. Okay. Now, everyone is jockeying and pushing for what they believe are the things that need to be done in this country and in this world, for that matter. But, but how many people of that group are, or of those groups, are really calling on God to help them to build a better civilization, a better society for us in this country and in this world? Okay. And why can it be done? Okay. Because the key to peace, the key to peace is a change of heart. Let me say that again. The key to peace is a change of heart. The key to a better way of life is a change of heart. Any and all human efforts to create a perfect society will fail because of one critical element, which everyone seems to be overlooking, will fail because of one critical element, and that element is human nature. Amen? Human nature. Okay. Everyone is jockeying and running around thinking that they can do this. If we do this, if we pull that down, if we destroy this, if we, if we start, we use different terms and different words and do so on like that. No laws, no jails, no prisons, none of that. Okay. They're forgetting about one critical element and that is human nature. But God has a solution for this problem. Okay. God has a solution. Wherever human nature is involved, because of the fact that human beings are so complex, especially without God in their lives, that, that, that no two people can always think exactly the same and be always on one accord. Without God in your life, it's very difficult for any one person or two people or any large group of people to be on one accord and really have a good direction set because human nature is so, it, it, it's so, it's so unpredictable. Okay. Human beings are extremely complex. All right. And without God in our lives, it even becomes more difficult. But God has a solution for the problem. Amen. And let's see what Ezekiel has to say, the prophet Ezekiel. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel chapter 11. You know, man's been scratching his head for a long time in terms of uh, why can't we build a better mousetrap, so to speak. Amen. Why can't we make things better? You know, well, there are answers to ways we can make things better. But the thing about it is that the entire planet needs to be on one accord. The entire country needs to be on one accord. And God needs to be in the midst. So Ezekiel number 11. Okay, we're talking about human nature. Ezekiel 11 and looking at verse number 19. Um, let's start with verse number 17. Therefore say... 
Thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And they shall come thither, and they shall take away all the detestable things thereof, and all the abominations thereof from thence. And I will give them one heart, underline one heart, and I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, underline I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances. Underline that, please. That they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them. Underline do them and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. And as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord God. All right. So here he's saying that God was going to gather them, gather the people together and pull them back from the countries, the, the places that they were scattered to and will place them in the land of Israel. And then when he does do that, it says that that when he when they get there, that he will give them one heart and a new spirit, take away the stony heart out of their flesh and put in a heart of flesh. OK, all right. Right now, we all are running around with chickens like chickens with our heads cut off. And the bottom line is that human nature right now is that there are too many stony hearts that are out there those stony stony hearts exist especially in those that do not yet know God amen amen they don't have the Holy Spirit in them so therefore how can they be heading in a positive direction to bring together something that is going to be meaningful that will bring peace and prosperity to everyone that's involved besides every single little group having their own particular quote unquote goals what they think are goals you know and visions for what it is that they want to accomplish. All right. Human nature is such, is such that man is not ready yet. Man still has a very stony heart. Only the eternal God can change man's unyielding, hard, stony heart. Okay. And God will. He can do that very thing. God will change mankind's very nature and replace it with his own. That is the key. That's the key. If they're trying to find solutions to today's problems, it can't be found absent God. As simple as that. You know, I, I would love to see the church, the body of Christ rise up and be and, and, and be more vocal in what needs to be done. But we even find there within the body of Christ that there are those that would would tend to go along with the crowd mentality, whatever that crowd mentality is absent God. OK. How many people are really preaching about let's get down on our knees? Let's gather together, you know, um, July, pick a date, you know, at 7 p.m. Let's all gather together and let's get on our knees and let's pray, let's pray, let's pray for all of this to be to be done with, to find solutions, you know, to open the doors, to create those, the, 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 those, those uh, gentle hearts, take away the stony hearts that the word of God is talking about. Amen. Human nature will have to be fundamentally changed. Before peace can break out within the human family. Amen. Human nature will have to be fundamentally changed in a very basic way before peace can break out within the human family. Man's current events to bring about change is merely a practice in futility. That's all it is. You know, you know, whatever changes we may decide on in the next you know, few weeks, months or years, whatever it might be, if it is absent God, it's all a, it's all a practice in futility because something else will crop up. Something else will, will crop up to still to still uh, create a problem, you know, you know, or to restate the problem. 
You know, where we are now, we've been before. Okay? I was very much around during Martin Luther King when he was here in the March on Washington. I'm young enough to clearly remember that. You know, we've been there before. I've, I've been there before when, when Malcolm X, you know, and was, was around. And I remember the things that were going on there. I remember, remember the riots. Amen. 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 So we've been there before. But the bottom line is that, is, is, is that it, it was basically the same things being sought after. Different choices of words, different terms. There are some groups that exist now that didn't exist then, but but the theme was was there before, and here we are again. Okay, okay, but because because the stony heart of man has not yet been changed, human nature has remained the same. Okay, and until that change can come about, until that change can come about, peace will never fall upon or within the human family. Man's current events to bring about change absent God is a practice in futility. That change that is truly needed is based on a willing choice by each person to admit that they have a need for God. Okay, Each person has to be willing to make that choice and realize that, gee whiz, I need God in my life. And then after that, and, and, and then submit his or her will to God's will in every aspect of life. Okay, so instead of us getting together in a crowd or a bunch of people, what if we all got together in a crowd of a bunch of people and said, gee whiz, Lord, we need you. We need you. Lord, speak to us. Come into my heart so that I may follow your will and your way in every single aspect of my life. Right? You've heard me say so many times that, that, that God has given us the freedom of choice. He commands people everywhere to repent, to change. To choose life. Once people do, God can begin to create a paradise on earth. The establishment here of the kingdom of God. This process needs to begin in each one of our lives. Now. Now. Not tomorrow. It needs to begin now. You can decide to live today by the teachings and, and way of life that God will establish within his coming kingdom. Jesus paved the way for this change, after all. Jesus paved the way. Let's go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 1. Praise the living God. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Repent ye and believe the gospel. All right. So what he was telling us right there is that is that, you know, there is the kingdom that God will establish uh, or, or which is talked about in the book of Revelation and that to come. But the kingdom of God, meaning God's way of life and what Jesus preached in the gospel, the word gospel, by the way, means good news. The three and a half years that he was on this earth preaching and everything, this was giving us the kingdom of God, uh, letting us experience through, through him, through his miracles, through his, through his sermons, through his teachings, what the kingdom of God is all about. All right. So what he is saying there in verse 15 is that the time is fulfilled and 
the kingdom of God is at hand. It's available to you right now. So repent and believe the good news. Believe the gospel. Jesus showed us the way of life that he desires us to experience now. Okay, now he showed us the way of life that he would want us to experience now, not just in the future, but now. Okay, we need to be we need to be really striving and and and, and trying, you, you, you know, with with his trying to to live uh, uh, his his life. You know, we need to really be striving to to live that way, to live the way Jesus taught us now, if we want to enter into his kingdom in the future, into the future. Amen. 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 So what Jesus was saying is that, that, that this is what life is all about. This is what life can be for you if you follow my words. Amen. Amen. So, so until we get to that point that we are, then, then changing our society to become that utopia or that special place without that is a practice in futility. It won't get us there. Okay. If we go to Second Peter, praise the living God. Go to the second book of Peter, chapter 1. Second Peter, chapter 1. And let's start with verse number 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our, and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Let me read this again. Verse number three. According to his divine power has given, past tense, has given unto us all things, not some, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So Jesus gave us everything that has to do with life and godliness. Through what? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us, not to somebody else, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers, benefiting from, partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay? And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. What powerful statements, what powerful words. Amen, amen, amen. Through his divine power, he's given us everything that we need in this life. Okay, everything, everything through through knowledge of Jesus. Okay, he's given us uh, exceeding great and precious promises that by these we can be partakers of the of the divine nature. Okay, we actually we man, saints of God, we are so privileged. We are so privileged to be in a position where God has has made it so made us so that we can be partakers of, of, of his divine nature, okay? And, and, and what is that divine nature? I mean, if we're partakers of it, we should understand what it is. What is that divine nature? Okay? It's the very mind and characters of God, and character of God. It's the very mind and character of God. That's the divine nature's, nature that we are, are, are privileged enough to be partakers of. 
Okay, so that means that we actually have the the uh, the ability to tap into to tap into the mind and character of God. Because once you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation according to the Word of God. Amen. You've been filled with Holy Spirit. Then on top of that, God turns around and says you in his word that now you are, you have the privilege, you have the ability of, of partaking of me, of partaking of my divine nature. And what is that divine nature? It, it, it's my mind, God is saying. It's my mind and it's my character. Right? It, 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 knowing this, that that divine nature, it's, it, it's, it's the way God thinks. It's the way God believes, the way God judges and acts. All right? it, it, it's his virtue. It's God's righteous nature. Okay, That change of heart is produced by God's Holy Spirit. That's where we need to be. And God said that he was going to place a new heart and a new spirit within them. That's referring to us also. Amen. So until we have that new heart and that new spirit, and we understand that we have the ability and the privilege to partake of God's divine nature, which is, is the, very, it's the very, very mind and character of God, okay, then we experience that change of heart. That change of heart allows us to make decisions more wisely. Amen. Amen. It, it, it gives us the ability to, to, to work in and with other people, to lead them to understand where they need to be also before we can go about even dreaming about creating any kind of new society or any changes that are made there in life. Amen. Change is good. Change is good. You know, you heard, you've heard the old expression, you know, you know, the only thing that is constant is change. Okay. But the only thing that is really constant is God because God does not change. He's the one thing in all of creation, in all of existence that does not change. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen. Amen. So if we realize these brilliant things and we tap into Holy Spirit to guide us in, in, in our decision making process, it gives us some hope that we can go into the future the way God wants us to go. Amen. The change of heart that is needed today cannot be brought about by man's idea of forcing change on people. All right. We've got this concept now where man is trying to force his way on people. Okay. And again, I'm not getting political or anything else. I'm merely saying to you, saints of God, that if you are a child of God and if you if, if you are a student of the Bible and if you pray regularly and you have Holy Spirit ministering to you, you can see what is going on today around us. And without even putting politics into it, you wind up automatically um, um, uh, aligning the things that are happening today with what the word of God says about the times. And about what needs to be done. You can see the fallacies. You can see the mistakes that are being made. Amen. Amen. And you can see, as Holy Spirit showed to me, that, 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 that all of this is a practice in futility because it's all being done without God. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, ago the message was on uh, um, Joshua and Jericho and Ai. You know, and you see there the fundamental part of, the, of that story. The core in that story was that, that the battle of Jericho was won. Because God gave Joshua the strategy. The wall came tumbling down flat because Joshua did what God said to do. Okay, and then Israel got heady. They got puffed up and then they went, oh, we can take this other city called Ai and, and we only need a couple of thousand people because they're, you know, they're weak and so forth like that. The word of God doesn't say at all that they consulted God about that plan and what happened. They went on to take Ai and they got whipped to a fair thee well. They had to flee. Many of them were killed. 
You see, you see, you see. So we can't go on, on planning change and planning the ways of life for groups of people or for yourself, that matter, without God's input, because it becomes a practice in futility. It does not go well at all. So we need that change of heart that is needed today. And it cannot be brought about by man's idea by forcing change on people. It cannot be done. You know, it may work to to a small degree. This may happen. That may happen. But ultimately, it's all going to come tumbling down and we'll be right back to where we were again a month from now, a year from now, five years from now, if God is not brought into the picture. It's man trying to accomplish a goal without God, okay? It's man trying to accomplish a goal without God. Let's go to the book of Acts and moving right along. Praise the living God. Oh, he's a wonderful God. If you spend time in prayer and you sit back and listen and look at what's going on, it becomes as clear as the nose on your face, you know, exactly um, what what is happening. Amen? Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse number 32. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel now assuredly, uh, I'm sorry, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Read that again. Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Underline, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that had gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about three thousand souls. They were added about 3,000 souls. You see? see? So it starts here with, with, with all of us re- repenting. Okay? Repenting and being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. If you have sins out there and you haven't repented, repent of them now. You know, the people that are calling the shots today, trying to guide civilization, quote unquote, this country and around the world. And there's so much turmoil going on. Every single one of them, if they don't know the Lord, or if they know the Lord and they're out there, they certainly need to repent. Okay? Repent. You know, and ask forgiveness of their sins and let them receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. No one can achieve what's trying to be achieved absent God and without Holy Spirit guidance. Holy Spirit guidance, guidance is, is be, oh my gosh, you know, the wisdom of the ages of men's, man's wisdom can nowhere near even touch the amount of wisdom that Holy Spirit has to give to us if we simply ask. 
if we repent, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and ask him to come into our lives. Okay? And you see, as it says there in, in verse 41, they that, uh, then they that gladly received his word, they were baptized. Those that believed on what he was saying was baptized. And the same day, there were added to them 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls were joined unto them. Amen. Amen. And, and I mean, I just, just praise God too, because there was a, at one point there, he says, uh, to deliver us from this unto a verse number 40. And with many other words did he, did he testify and exhaust. In other words, while he was talking, one of the other, one of the things he said was, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Okay. So this generation he was talking about was unto it, or, or, or it, it, it wasn't, wasn't righteous. It, it wasn't doing what needed to be done, you know. We see this going on around today. We need to save ourselves from this untoward generation because where is it heading if it continues that way without God? Amen. Amen. Human nature, mankind in its current state, in its current thinking, can no way bring about the, the quote-unquote cultural change that needs to be brought about because everything starts with the spirit realm first, you know. There have been a there have been various uh, utopian ex experiments experiments over the over the the, the uh, years over the decades for that matter you know and, and centuries and they all sought to improve mankind you know to create you know a perfect so called peaceable peaceful society you know peace has been sought on every scale and by virtually all forms of belief systems you know all attempts to accomplish this goal they've, they've all failed you know over the periods of time you know but god's effort to bring peace will not fail it will succeed through jesus christ and the establishment of god's kingdom if you believe in god and his word then you must believe his promises god is faithful and he alone has the power to bring paradise to earth. The good news is, of course, that he will. He will indeed do that. Okay. Now, in the meantime, while all of this is going on, what do we do as, as, as individuals? You know, how do we survive, quote unquote? How do we get through? How do we navigate our way through this time? You know, yeah. And, and, and so one of the things that we have to ask ourselves is that in this interim, during this time period, how do we how do we, as saints of God, children of God, how do we continue to move boldly in Him? Where there's so much going on around us, you know, you'd be really surprised if you understood and knew the number of Christians I hear, even that are afraid during this time. You know, between the virus, you know, and the riots and the this and the, the shutdowns, and we have Fourth of July upon us, and that's been that's become very controversial. There's so much in. Many people wonder, you know, how, how do I continue, if I have God and everything, how do I continue to move boldly in him, okay? The question is, you know, how do we move boldly forward in these times of so much turmoil? How do we move boldly forward even when we're afraid, amen? Even when we're afraid, how do we move forward boldly, okay? Well, first of all, let's remember that God has great plans for our lives. We have to remember that. Okay, God has great plans for our lives. And it's exciting when he puts dreams and desires in our hearts. But it can also be challenging because fear always has a way of coming against us when we try new things, especially when we try new things. That's how the enemy tries to keep us from moving forward, through fear. He throws fear in there to prevent us to, from moving forward into the great and wondrous new things that God has in store for us, you know. 
And I'm going to pause just for a second here to say to you that on this day, if you keep a journal, write it in your journal after the sermon is over. But God's got a new thing for you in your life. And it's going to be made manifest to you within the next couple of weeks. And I say to you that when God speaks to you and it's a new thing for you, don't let fear pop up. Do not let fear pop up. Because if God has a new thing for you, you need to to begin to realize how it is that you're going to try it, to try to move forward. It's always exciting when God puts dreams and new desires in our hearts. But as I said, it can be challenging because fear will always come against you when you try to implement that new thing. That's how the enemy tries to keep us from moving forward. Okay, don't forget that. But instead of giving in to those fears, we can choose to be bold. We can choose to be confident. We can choose to be courageous through Jesus Christ. It's important, saints of God, to understand that courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is moving forward when you feel afraid. Let me say that again. Understand this, that courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is your moving forward even when you feel afraid. Okay? Okay? One that is one that winds up being called a hero, saves a soldier on the battlefield and and single handedly, you know, carries his buddy on his back. And you, you've seen the movies and so on like that. And, and while actually in real life, this has happened a number of times and brings his buddy to safety. And because of his actions, uh, the both of them survive, even his wounded buddy, you know, and and when they talk to this guy who's being given the Medal of Honor or something like that, um, were you afraid? Many times they'll say, yes, I was afraid. The fear was there, amen? But yet still, he had the courage to be motivated to move on what needed to be done, okay? So one more time, that to understand that courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is moving forward when you feel afraid, okay? And if we do that, God will lead us straight through our fears into his perfect will for our lives. All right. If you move forward when you're feeling fe- uh, fearful in this new thing that God has in store for you, if you move forward in that, God will lead you right through those fears. He'll take you through them. Okay. God does not want us to live timid, shy, weak, <laughs> wimpy, fearful, boring lives. He wants us to be bold, confident and courageous, unafraid to try new things when he gives it to us. You know, and it never ceases to amaze me that what God will do through a person who simply steps out in faith. It never ceases to amaze me. You know, when you just take that first step to do what God is calling you to do, even though you may feel fearful because it's a new thing and you step forward anyway, you watch the way God will pick you up and just remove things from before you. It'll it'll just it'll boggle your mind the way things will just unfold without hitches. Okay, because you've simply stepped out in faith. Amen. And what did Joshua do? You know, in the Bible, we know that Joshua is a great example of someone who took a step of faith in the face of fear. Amen. And let's just go and remind ourselves. Let's go to go to Joshua, the book of Joshua. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Joshua 1, and we all know these scriptures here, talking about someone with a new thing put before him, a brand new job, if you will. Verse number one, Joshua one, verse number one. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass 
that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast, or shall be your borders. Verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Run to this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. You see, see, when Moses died, God charged Joshua with the huge task of leading the many, many, the millions of people that the people that were in the, uh, the, 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 the people of Israel, you know, into that, that promised land. Okay. Fear must have hit him when God told him that. I mean, he was stepping into his some mighty, mighty shoes. Okay. I mean, imagine you being promoted from your job, you know, up to the main, the highest person in your organization, becoming the president, the director, whatever that highest person is in your organization. Imagine you suddenly being promoted up there. Okay. Joshua had some mighty big shoes to fill. Amen. But what did God repeatedly just tell him to do? To be bold, to be strong, to be of good courage. Okay. For the Lord thy God is with you. You know, every place he said in verse three, that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given you. Okay. As he did for Moses. Amen. So this new thing that God is going to call you to do. Remember that be bold and be strong. Okay. Because every single step that you take, every single step that you take, God will be with you. You know, and it said there, it said there in verse three, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you. That means that every single step that you have taken, that you take, that means that you have succeeded in managing that step in completing that step. Okay. Every inch of the way that you go, every single little mini task that may would be before you, God is saying, wherever you place your foot, if you're following me and keep keep your strength, keep be bold and be be courageous and know that I'm with you, that you shall succeed every single step of the way. Amen. This is what we need to do. As we're going forward during these times of turmoil, we must remember that God is still doing wondrous things in our lives wondrous things in our lives and we must remember to focus on him and to stand there waiting with anticipation god what are you going to do next in my life what wondrous new thing are you going to bring into my life okay right. and so 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 you so you see that 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 joshua you know he, he pushed past his fears so that he could embrace god's given destiny for him 
he pressed forward. Okay. You know, and we, we know that the battles that he fought, he was victorious. I mean, we know what happened with the battle of Ai, but, but beyond that, Joshua went on to do everything that God called him to do. Amen. When God, when God asks you to leave the familiar things of your life behind, let his word, let his word, let his word encourage you to keep moving forward. Because when you step into what God has for you, Wow, man, I'm telling you, when you step into what he has for you, his anointing makes the impossible possible. Amen. When you go into what he has in store for you, step out in faith and don't let that fear that the devil will try and throw you away. Don't let it overcome you. You step out in faith. God's anointing will make the impossible tasks that may be before you. Okay, he'll make them become possible. He always does. He always will. All right. Let's go to first John. God is a good God. First John chapter two. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter two, first John chapter two, and starting with verse number eighteen. Little children, it is the last time, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. It is the last time, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Okay? So he's just saying that to be warned that there are many Antichrists. And what is an Antichrist? This is not talking about the Antichrist. An antichrist is anyone or any any spirit, any anyone that is operating uh, counter to the word of God, counter to what Jesus told us to do. Anti meaning against. Okay, and they said there are many, many that were that were among us. Okay, and whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse number nineteen says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have stayed with us. Okay, so these are some people that started out walking with 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 Jesus, walking with God. Okay, but they decided that they were going to go out and try to do their own thing, that they went out and started preaching a different gospel, perhaps, or doing other things, you know, that were not in accordance with the word of God. But it says they they went out from us, meaning that they were part of us. And when they say they went out from us, that means it's, it's speaking doctrinally here. Is speaking from a point, a point of the doctrine. Okay, so in other words, what it's saying is that some of them actually went on, if you read the scriptures more there and expand on that, you see that they started denying, denying the reality of Jesus and so on. They started preaching a whole different, a whole different, uh, uh, gospel, you know. They started preaching an untruth. Okay. And we know that today also that there are many, many people that are under the banner of being a Christian that they're speaking things that are not in the word of God. Okay, but they have followers and those that will believe it believe what they're preaching about so you need to be very very careful and make sure that you're what you're hearing and what you're believing is in line with god's word and that and the holy spirit is the best uh um, divider of truth holy spirit can guide you when you're hearing something that is not of god amen it says that if they had if they had really been a part of us they would have no doubt continued with us but they went out they split off from a point of doctrine that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us Verse 20, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Okay, oh, I I misread that. 
Let me do this again. Excuse me. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Okay? So if you see anyone that is denying that Jesus Christ is indeed the Christ, you know, the anointed one, then right away you know that that's an Antichrist because he's not speaking the truth. He's someone that is against Jesus. Amen? He is an Antichrist. He is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same has not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you. Let that live in you. Let that word live in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. So the word of God that has been abiding in you, make sure that that word of God and your knowledge of God and Jesus relative to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, if that is in you, remember to hold on to that, okay? If so, you will continue in the Son and in the Father. Verse 25, and this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Okay, so 27, verse 27 is a very powerful scripture, very powerful verse. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. The anointing that you received of Jesus, of Holy Spirit, is in you. It lives in you. Abide means to live. Abides in you, okay? And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is no, uh, is a truth and is no lie. So in other words, if you've got the Holy Spirit that is in you, that is abiding in you, Okay. Okay. You need not that any man teach you. So what this is, what this is basically saying, and and I've experienced this and this, and I'm sure that many of you other saints of God out there too, you spirit-filled saints of God, when you hear these half truths or no truths or just honestly out and out lies being spoken about in the process of this uh, 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 new reimagining that some are trying and this, uh, and, and this new normal that some are trying, when you hear the things that are being said, Holy Spirit will quicken to you. You will know that you know that you know that what you are hearing is not truth. It is not where things need to be going. It is something that you should not just be believing and buying hook, line, and sinker just because someone is up there speaking it with an eloquent voice. And sounds like they know what they're talking about. Okay. Starts quoting history and things like that. Okay. Holy Spirit will guide you. Holy Spirit will tell you this is not a truth. This is not God's truth. So we'll prevent you from being caught up in believing what is being espoused by some that are being driven by many, 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 many voices other than God's voice. Many other voices other than God's voice. You have an anointing. You have a you have a, a sacred appointing, appointment, an, an anointing, an unction, okay, which is received from Him that abides in you permanently. By the way, Holy Spirit is, is a permanent thing. You know, you know the wonderful thing I love about the Lord is that when He 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 gives us His Holy Spirit, God does not take back what He gives. Holy Spirit is in you permanently. Okay, now. 
Can at a time you not benefit from Holy Spirit being there? Yes, indeed. That's possible. Okay. If you're not praying, if you're not doing your, living your life correctly, if you're not repenting when you slip and stumble in sin, if you're not doing those things, then you can wind up quenching the Holy Spirit as the Word of God calls it. You can quench it, quench Him. Okay, so that when he speaks up in time of need, when he speaks up in time of trouble, when he tells you don't do this, don't believe that, don't go there, don't listen to that, you know, you you can quench him so that you don't hear his voice. But that does not mean that he's left you. He is abiding in you. Amen. 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 But God gives us again this freedom of choice thing. Holy Spirit can tell us to believe that, don't believe that, do this, don't do that. And we can choose to, 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 to follow him or not. It is our choice. Okay. All right. But, but Holy Spirit abiding you, it is a permanent thing, you know, and it gives you so many benefits if you will just uh, align yourself with the word of God and be willing to listen to what he's telling you to do. Okay. Now, you know, I, I want you to let this really sink in. God's anointing abides permanently in you. So why should you live a boring life when there's a great life, a great wondrous life available to you? It's okay to try new things. You know, I encourage you to trust God that that what you feel deep down in your heart really is God. What you're feeling in your heart deep down really is God. You may not get a lot of encouragement from your family or from your friends, you know, especially in the beginning when you when you start doing something new, you may not get that much encouragement, you know, you know. But if you'll be bold enough to to follow God instead of your fears, he'll prove himself to you. You know, he will. He'll prove himself to you. You know, you know, mark my words. Let me not say mark my words, mark the words of the Lord, because it's happened many times in my life, you know, that if you will just push through and follow him. You'll see what, what the, what the wonderful, wondrous result is in your life. The truth is that, you know, you and I never have to worry about failing in things. Don't even worry about that. God is going to be guiding us, you know. You know, it's actually a great privilege not to live based on what your circumstances are, okay, but to live, live based on, on according to God's word and the vision that He has planted in your heart, okay. Don't, don't go by, don't, don't go by everything that's, you know, based on the situation that you're in right now. Okay, but look towards the vision that God has planted in your heart. Okay. You know, you've heard me say, you've heard me say, uh, uh many times that, uh, uh, you've heard me say, and Brother Brandon has also said it before, that God may not show you the complete picture of what He's calling you to do before you even get started, but He will guide you. Each small step that you take, he will guide you. He will guide you. All you have to do is to trust him and believe him and take every single step, step by step, exactly as he tells you to do it. Don't try to build on it. Don't try try, try to uh, uh, improvise, you know, on, on what you think he's trying to tell you to do. You know, it, it's a privilege that we have to follow God that way. Amen. Let's go to Numbers uh Working on closing down here. Let's go into Numbers 9. Name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Numbers chapter 9. And starting with verse 15. 
Numbers 9, verse 15. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at even there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that, the children of Israel journeyed. Okay, When the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the children of Israel journeyed. And in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. Okay, So when the cloud went up, they moved on, they journeyed. And when it came back to where the cloud stayed, then the Israel pitched their tents and they stayed. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. And at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. And so it was, when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commitment of the Lord, they stayed in their tents, and according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. Okay? Alright? So what this is saying here, at the time that the Lord told them to move by way of the cloud being upon the tent or not, they journeyed. When it, when, 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 this, when the, the cloud came back and rested, then they stayed. Okay? So what hap- what I'm saying here is that, you know, I love the fact that they didn't try to go where God wasn't leading them. They didn't try to go where God wasn't leading them. Okay? Now just imagine how much better our lives would be if we did the same thing, if we didn't go, go someplace where God did not want us to go. Or if we didn't step out when God didn't want us to step out. Okay? You know, it's not the end of the world when we make a mistake or get thrown off track. Because God will always help us find our way back on track. He always will. So don't worry about it. If you, if you misstep, God will help you find your way back. But the idea, though, is to look for God's leading in your life. Go when he wants you to go. Don't go when he doesn't want you to go. Okay? Don't let, let mistakes that you make mark the end of the road, but rather a road to a new beginning. Okay, you make a mistake, start, okay, Lord, I blew it. What did I do wrong? Where should I have gone? Where should I go now? Or where should I not go now? You know, and then just imagine, think about it, you know, think about what a beautiful thing it would be to, to look back at our lives and remember the journey that we've had with God. Look back to celebrate the ways that he has worked in our lives. You know, in fact, the only thing that we ever have to be concerned about in life really is. Am I following God? That's all that you need to worry about. Don't worry about the state of affairs of the streets, of the riots, of the virus, of this or that. Just just think about and be concerned about in your life. Am I following God? Okay? Because if you're following God, God will tell you when to go. He'll tell you when not to go. He'll tell you when to move forward. He'll tell you when not to move forward. But just stay still. Be still and know that I am God. My favorite scripture, Psalm 46.10. If you feel something strongly in your heart, step out and find it. Step out and follow it. Just make sure that it's God. Don't let other people make your decisions for you. You know, follow God's destiny for your life. Find what's going to fulfill you and start embracing it, all of it, with all of your heart. Amen. 
I remember my mom from the time that I was a little boy. One of the things that I really remember her always saying, you know, because, you know, kids being kids, you will get into trouble in school because you followed along with what was Johnny doing, <laughs> you know. And when I got into trouble or something like that, she told me we... Dad, Dad and I always told you, don't do this, don't do that and everything. Don't be a follower, she said. Don't be a follower. Be a leader. She always told me that. And I, in turn, passed that on to my children as they grow, grew up. And now that they have children, my grandchildren, that's being instilled in them also. Don't be a follower. Be a leader. Okay. Just because the whole doggone block in your neighborhood is, is going down to attend so-and-so or going to do this or going to do that, don't you go, unless God is telling you to go for some reason. Okay, but just don't get caught up with the crowd. You know, let God lead you. Let God, God tell you when to move. As with Israel, when the cloud moved up off the tabernacle, they, they went. They journeyed. When it came back down and settled onto the tabernacle, they stayed in their tents. They didn't move. You get to the point of doing the same thing, okay? With the turmoil and whatnot that's going on about us and everything, we're going to see a whole lot more, and decisions are going to have to be made in all of our lives. Let's be sure that we all make the decision that we follow God and move forward in Him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of any new new visions, new journeys, new steps, new tasks that God lays out for you within the next couple of weeks. But move you forward boldly in Him. As God told Joshua, be bold, be strong, be of good courage, because the Lord thy God is with you. The Lord thy God is with you. The Lord thy God is with you. Praise God, praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you think on these words, meditate on these words. Forward this message uh, on to someone. By forward the link to this message, to these sermons, on to someone else that may have come upon your spirit as you were listening to this message. Someone that may benefit from these words, forward it on to them. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Be blessed. Again, I pray this message was a blessing to you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, most wondrous God, we thank you for this time that we've had with you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we... We thank you, Lord God, for these words. We thank you, Lord, for touching us in your own special way, as you always do, O Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we all shall keep these words that we've heard today deeply, deeply rooted within our spirits, that they cannot be snatched away if the evil one comes along and tries to install and instill fear in us, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that the days and weeks and months and years ahead, O Lord God, as our Lord Jesus continues to tarry, that you shall continue to guide us, speak to us in your own special way. Let us be bold and strong to move forward in you, O Lord God, for we know that you are with us, O Lord. We know that you are there. We know that you are always there by our sides, before us and behind us, to keep us safe from harm, seen and unseen, O Lord. I pray, O Lord God, that we keep these words deeply rooted so that they cannot be stolen away as we go into the week ahead of us. Speak to us. Guide us, O Lord God. Show us your cloud and your fire and tell us to move when we should move and tell us to be still when we should be still, O Lord. We thank you and we praise you and we magnify thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. And once again, all together, the church said, Amen, Amen, and Amen.